When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good Thursday afternoon to you. Hope you're having a great day in dodging the raindrops. Uh, welcome to Sports for CLE. We'll be talking plenty of Browns with Mac Robinson a little later in the show. Ryan Cavanaugh will join us to talk a little high school football. Week two of high school football getting set to uh, begin. But uh, let's head out to Bria. Brown's done with practice, practiced earlier today. And out on the field, uh, Baker Mayfield getting some work done. Finds Donovan Peoples-Jones down the sideline in stride. This time it's another one of his receivers, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. And there he finds Jarvis Landry. Take a look at Tack McKinley. Back on the field doing some agility drills and looking pretty strong as well. Welcome back to Sports for CLE. Let's talk a, a little bit about some storylines, some of the things that uh, were going on out in Berea. Denzel Ward back in team drills. First time he's done that in two, three weeks. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. also took part in 11-on-11s for the first time. Only a few reps, but easing into that team drill situation. Um, Richard Higgins had to leave practice a little bit earlier, was seen on the sidelines uh, with a wrap on his leg with some big ice bag attached to it. Not sure of the severity of that. Let's welcome in Mac Robinson from 92.3 The Fan. Mac, um, Odell, first 11-on-11 team drills wasn't a ton, uh, but it is progress towards getting him ready for week one. Yeah, and Dave, one, happy to be with you and always love joining you guys. But, you know, to start off with Odell, you know, it really seems like that timeline – is really pushing towards week one. It looks like he's probably going to be able to go. And especially for Odell, coming off that torn ACL, you know, you really think that he's going to be able to, you know, make that progress and be that, you know, difference maker on the field that the team looked to be lacking in that divisional wildcard or in that divisional game in the playoffs. So, you know, Odell on the field, getting some of those first reps at least. He's got a few weeks until week one. So, you know, at least kind of slowly bringing him along and not necessarily having to force him into some of those early reps early on in training camp. Yeah, and take it slow. You know, there, nothing is going to be won out in Berea or in any of the preseason <laughs> games. So, you know, the, that undefeated preseason, Browns have done that recently. It didn't mean much. All right, Joe Woods uh, spoke to the media, talked about the goals for this year's Browns defense. Um, we always set our goals on, you know, top five in the NFL. We feel like we're top five. We're going to give ourselves a chance. Obviously, we want to we be the best, but we'll be able to measure that every week based on the stats of each game. What stats are important besides points allowed? Well, that's the one. <laughs> you know, points allowed. Because I think that's the most important stat. Because obviously, if the team isn't scoring, right, you're giving yourself a chance to win. But we always talk about points allowed. We talk about uh, turnovers or taking the ball away. And then all your situations, you know, getting off the field, third downs, uh, having success in the red zone. But anything that has to do with getting the ball back for us or getting off the field. And, and Mac, again, those are the key things. Uh, points allowed, takeaways, third down conversion, fourth down conversion um, allowed. Uh, because, again, you want the football. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the best way to score points is to have the ball in your hand. So, I mean, for the defense to get off the field, I think that's huge for them. And especially, too, him talking about takeaways, especially, you know, in the past, this has been a team that really has kind of struggled with that in the past. So, you know, especially with all of the new additions, you have John Johnson, Anthony Walker, among plenty of others, you know, you're going to be able to generate pressure along that defensive line. 
So now you have Denzel Ward, who, again, like you mentioned at the top of the show, you know, he's coming back. So all of a sudden now you're going to be able to have him. You're going to be able to have Newsom among plenty of others. So if they're able to create turnovers, that'll also help limit the offenses, uh, the opponent's offenses. And at that point, we'll create more opportunities for Baker and the Browns to be able to run that clock out. And really, I'm looking at, you know, time and possession for these teams, because especially you know, given the Browns run game and if the defense is able to get off the field, I think the Browns are going to be able to dominate in time of possession. And at that point, that's going to lead to a lot of wins for the team. Yeah. And, you know, that big physical offensive line that's ranked so highly, you keep them on the field, the defense wears down pretty quickly. <laughs> right. And especially, too, I mean, you just paid Nick Chubb for that reason. I mean, he's going to wear teams down. And especially, you know, statistically, one of the best runners in the fourth quarter, especially because between him and Kareem Hunt wearing down defenses at that point, you know, you're going to create a lot of opportunities for yourself and for your defense to really open things up for this team. And, you know, we're, we're starting to hear some of the guys that had been held out coming back. And it's sounding pretty much like what Kevin Stefanski said. They're just being cautious with them. They're not really identifying what's wrong with anybody. Nothing major wrong. One of those guys, actually two of those guys who fit into that category, Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney. Again, not winning anything in Berea in August, so they've held him out. Uh, Clowney spoke to media, talked about the chemistry um, with Miles Garrett. Ever since I got here, um, and him and spent a lot spending time together talking, picking each other's brains, because we know we, it's going to take us up front to get things going. We already said that, and uh, we know what we got ahead of us and what we got to do. Uh, we got to work together, so we need to know each other front and back for us to go out here and do what he do, dominate and play well. Has that been a natural kind of chemistry? Oh, yes. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Yeah, it's been weird because it just like came like, hey, what's up, man? Like I knew him already or something, but yeah. Because I knew crazy. you guys had Buzz Cook at the same yeah, time. Yeah, so I kind of talked to him a few times, his mom and everything, but I haven't had met him at the time. So when I got here, it was like, what's up with you, man? I been knew you already, but it's been it's been going well. And don't underestimate two guys that are former number one picks liking playing with each other. That usually leads to, to the type of um, synergy, for lack of a better word, that will lead to sacks and better play for both of them. Yeah, and, and that's the one thing, too, that I think that we saw towards the end of the year last year. It finally felt like, you know, Olivier Vernon and Miles Garrett were kind of finally, you know, getting to the point where they're attacking the quarterback at the same time. You know, you had Miles early on, but Olivier Vernon wasn't really, you know, as productive. And then you had Vernon, who went on a huge stretch when Miles was out on the COVID list last year. And then at, towards the end of the year, you finally started to see both of them getting after the quarterback. But, you know, especially with Clowney, the way that he was talking about, you know, getting on the same page and, you know, seeming like it was pretty natural from day one. You know, I think that's huge because especially you mentioned it too, two number one overall picks, both guys extremely talented. You know, Clowney has the natural ability and, you know, Miles, he has that along with, you know, the physical attributes and he has, you know, the hands and the technique to go along with it. So now I feel like between the two of them, I really feel like this duo can really take off going into, you know, Miles' fifth year in the league. So now I'm, I'm really excited to see how they're able to play off of each other going into this year. Yeah, you're going to force offensive lines to decide which guy you want to do. You, you can't double-team both of them. <laughs> Otherwise, there's going to be three or four other guys that, <laughs> that uh, don't have anybody blocking them. So you, you better pick which one you're going to try to double-team. Um, another thing that was talked about was the chemistry between Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham. It's something they've been working on, um, not just since training camp, but you had Camp Mayfield in the offseason, those kind of things. Alex Van Pelt, uh, the offense coordinator, talked about – just the developing chemistry between uh, Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. Anytime you could add an elite athlete and a great player like Odell back, it's only going to make you better. I said that in the spring, and um, we're doing a lot of work on the side. I know we're not getting the timing in the team um, settings, but there's a lot of timing work going on in between uh, periods when the special team's working. He's over on the side. Um, we've done some things with game scripts where we've actually scripted a series of plays for him to get him conditioning, and then the individual routes on air with Baker has been really good work for us, and we'll continue that. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think so. I think they're in a really good place right now um, as far as their mind space. Um, all the work they did in the offseason, spending time together, just continuing to build that bond, um, and hopefully that'll, that'll show this year on the field. And, and we saw that again today when Baker did go uh, um, in 
11 and 11s with Odell, uh, but between it, they were working on the side, they were talking, they were kind of hashing out things, and those are all things towards being productive. And don't underestimate Kevin Stefanski getting more comfortable with what he has in Odell as well. Yeah, and, and that's a huge step too, because again, you know, last year was just about figuring out the the playbook at that at this point. You know, they were just kind of digesting everything. You know, now you have Odell, who's had a full year under his belt with this playbook. Stefanski kind of understanding more how to involve and incorporate Odell into this offense. And on top of that, too, you know, again, like you mentioned, you know, the chemistry with Baker. You know, last year you had a little bit of time to be able to get that done. But again, you know, you're only a month, month and a half, not even two months into the season. And Odell goes down right as Baker was kind of hitting his stride. And uh, again, I, I feel like with Odell, now that Baker can be able to, you know, focus on incorporating him on the sidelines, everything like that. You know, again, I feel like that chemistry is coming along. And I think that this is a make or break year for, for these two. And I do think that they're going to be able to figure this out. But I, I do think that this will be a huge addition uh, to the offense. And given what Odell has been able to do in the past, I think that this is going to be one of the bigger years, mainly because of the fact that, you know, there's not a ton of pressure on Odell Beckham. You have, you know, Nick Chubb and you have Kareem Hunt that you can lean on. And you also have guys like Jarvis Landry, Donovan Peoples-Jones now at this point. You know, there's so many different weapons to where Odell doesn't have to be the guy. He can just be a guy in his role in the offense. And I think that that's going to help out Odell. It's going to really go a long way for both him and the team. I don't think Odell has played in an offense, and I think it's pretty, a pretty safe um statement he hasn't played an offense with this many other weapons um before in the nfl um 92.3 the fans mac robinson and i can step aside take a quick time out on the other side of the break uh, we'll take a look at what espn projects to be the numbers for the baker mayfield contracts uh, we'll also hear from alex van pelt about baker mayfield and what uh, he has seen so far in year two of this offense under Alex Van Pelt and Kevin Stefanski. Sports for CLE will be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back. Back to new friends, new classroom, and learning new things. Back to wearing shoes, man, like real shoes. Back to rushing to class. Back to having questions. Lots of questions. Back to vending machine dinners. Back to too much caffeine. Too late at night. But feeling like it was a night well spent. Back to pursuing your dreams and taking control of your future. Come back to go forward. Try C, where futures begin. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line, a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just the mattress store. Experience an original, the original mattress factory. continue talking Browns football with Mac Robinson from 92.3 The Fan. So Brody Waters, who runs IMAC Consulting and ESPN's roster management system, forecasts that Baker Mayfield's new contract will be five years, $206 million. So roughly $41 million a year. $152.6 million over the next three years. $30 million signing bonus. $143 million in total guaranteed money. Um, that structure allows for best cap flexibility, uh, according to Waters, for the Browns, and gets uh, Mayfield in that $40-plus million a year range. 
And Mac, those sound like reasonable numbers to me. You know, 41 million a year and you're guaranteeing um, 143 million. I, I think that's pretty accurate and pretty fair, val fair value. Yeah, and especially too, you mentioned the three years where it's $150 million. You know, that's actually kind of, you know, on par for what we've seen from some of the other contracts where, you know, Josh Allen, you know, he only has one year that really spikes, but, you know, he has a couple other ones that are a little higher in the middle. So, you know, for him, it, it kind of helps balance out the cap hit. And for Baker Mayfield, you know, next year you have that already guaranteed at $18 million. So this would kick in after the fact. So I, I, the way I look at it, you know, this bumps it up a little bit, but at the same time, you know, those three years where you're looking at $150 million, I, honestly, I, I think that's pretty solid and pretty fair because again, you know, you're having that cap number rise and rise and rise. So if you're having 150 of that $206 million already hit in the first three years, okay, fine. Then by, by the back end of that contract, all right, we can actually be able to, you know, have these extensions that might be a little bit more uh, backloaded, you know, compared to Baker's, which would be front-loaded in this case. So I think that would help when it comes to cap flexibility and would help for, you know, keeping some of these other guys like Denzel Ward, uh, among others that you're going to have to, you know, extend and re-sign here in the coming years. And I keep saying it, the price of an NFL quarterback is not going down. It's, it's like a sports car. They're always <laughs> going up. So um, from the Browns' perspective, I get the thought process. You want to see more, but um, Baker Mayfield is their quarterback, and I'm sure Andrew Barry and the Browns are trying to figure a way to get that extension done um, and get Mayfield thinking about winning and, and advancing and, and doing the things that they need to do on the field. Yeah, and, and I think, too, that both parties in this case, you know, you mentioned it. You know, the fact that um, Baker Mayfield wants to be here, the Browns want Baker here. So at this point, I, I feel like that they're going to try to get this done. And, you know, eventually I do think that this will, you know, end up. Uh, I don't think it'll end up becoming a distraction per se, but at the same time, I think that both parties want to have this done uh, and, you know, done it done well enough for for baker mayfield and for both sides to be able to get this done and move forward uh with the team and not necessarily cause a distraction going forward at least when it comes to the team yeah a fair deal you know that's what uh, a fair deal for um the guy that you have identified as your quarterback all right alex van pelt talked about baker mayfield and what he has seen so far remember year two of baker mayfield with alex van pelt in this offense He's done a great job. You know, he's done an outstanding job getting his body ready. He, you know, he did last year as well. And that shows up in his quickness, his conditioning, um, you know, to go through all the drill work and, you know, not be winded. Um, so he's in a really good place. His footwork right now, I think, has is, is improved over last year. I mean, you think about last year of having to learn the footwork as opposed to this year being able to refine it. So he's made leaps and bounds in that way, especially under center, what we ask him to do in the, in the drop back game from under center. He's made big strides. Absolutely. You know, he did a lot of great things with his legs for us last year. Picked up a lot of first downs where we, we had to move out of the pocket and pick it up with his legs, and and that's part of being in great condition is having that ability to you know to uh, you know pick up the first down and then come back to the huddle and, and be able to operate in the system without being exhausted. And Mac, the footwork that Alex Van Pelt talks about. Remember when he was hired, his first thing he said, "We need to work on Baker Mayfield's footwork." So for him to say it's leaps and bounds ahead, that's a good sign for uh, Browns fans and uh, Baker Mayfield. Absolutely, Dave. And especially too, you know, looking at where he was last year and going into this year, you know, he basically was talking about how he wanted to turn his footwork from Metallica into Mozart. So, you know, seeing where Baker Mayfield is at currently, the one thing that I think was underrated going into last year was the fact that, you know, it takes time to, you know, unlearn the vast systems that he's had in the past, the different coaching staffs, uh, the different coaching that he's had in the past. So basically I almost kind of gave him a buffer just because, you know, it takes time to unlearn, you know, some of the uh, poor coaching that he's had in the past and having to relearn the correct mechanics and get acclimated to this system on top of, you know, working on his mechanics as well. So, you know, again, it, it takes time. It takes time. And genuinely, you know, seeing him in year two and seeing how far he was able to come in year one alone, now he mentioned it too, you know, especially when it comes to, you know, the off the field work, he was be, he was able to, you know, constantly work out this off season, uh, be able to be in the building, 
uh, at least when it comes to, you know, his training, everything like that, his conditioning. So, you know, Baker Mayfield, it, it looks different, you know, him on the field, uh, or at least on the practice field, um, being able to see how he has changed from year one into year two. I think that he will be able to take a leap. And I think that, you know, Van Pelt is spot on because now he can focus on growing from uh, in this system compared to having to learn the system from the ground up at this point. All right. So uh, Jadavian Clowney. Um talked to the media, talked about um, the Browns thought that he could be shifted from end into tackle and what it involves just uh, moving around and, and potentially playing inside. Like I said, I ain't a coach. I just lined up where they lined me up at and, uh, you know, try to help them in that position, from that position. If they pick me inside, I try to go down there and do what I can do around there. Do you give them any hints like, hey, you know, this might work over here? You know, I think they got it under control right here, <laughs> kind of. But, um, you know, I, they got a – this game's pretty good. Yeah. I just – really just try to learn the defense this right now, not even really focusing on all that. Do, do you have to change your – sorry, do you have to change your mindset when you move inside? Oh, for sure. You got to think different. Everything happened very, very fast down there. And them guys are much bigger down there. So, yes, your whole mindset got to change how you attack the quarterback, how you attack the guys down there. I kind of like that. They got it under control here. Um, the <laughs> correct answer, Jadavian. That, that's a wily veteran, but um, the fact that he has the versatility to move inside, huge plus. Absolutely, Dave. And that's the one thing, too, that it was the whole reason why I liked them bring, trying to bring in Clowney last offseason, finally able to bring him in this offseason, because it adds versatility along that defensive line. And, you know, especially, too, when you have guys like Tack McKinley, who was able to come back to the practice field, uh, you know, between him, you've got Porter Gusson, you know, a bunch of these guys that have that versatility, but at the same time with Clowney, you know, he's spot on when he says that it's a different mindset because, again, you know, when you're on the end and when you're on the edge there and you're trying to set the edge, you know, you have to – you have a lot of – you have a lot more space that you're responsible for and you're able to, you know, lock off. Meanwhile, you know, it's basically like you have your lanes and just push and go, uh, at least when it comes to inside. So, you know, looking at Jadavian Clowney, he has both the speed to be able to handle the outside and he has the power to be able to handle inside. So, you know, I, I like that from Clowney. I love that for Joe Woods and for this defense, because again, you can look at, you know, somebody like Andrew Billings, who's coming back off the COVID list, you know, for him, he's somebody who can be a run stopper. And then when you want to go ahead and put in your NASCAR package at that point, you know, you can have Jordan Elliott, you can have, you know, Malik Jackson, if you want inside, and then you can also put Clowney inside as well as Garrett on the outside and Tack McKinley or whoever you really need to mix and match in order to go ahead have that full pass rushing unit on those thirds on those third downs to make you know opposing quarterbacks that lives a living hell in the pocket at that point. Yeah, yeah, and and you know what? It'll be fun to watch. Uh, <laughs> Mac Robbins from 92.3 The Fan and I'm going to step aside, take a quick time out. So we will hear from Joe Woods about what he wants to see uh, from this Browns defense. We'll like also take a look at um, upgrades to this defense and where they rank in, in terms of uh, the Browns versus the rest of the NFL. Sports for CLE will be right back. Stay with us. continue talking Browns football with Mac Robinson from 92.3 The Fan. Uh, Joe Woods talked about how he wants this Browns defense to play this season. Last year obviously was tough just because of everything we were going through, uh, you know, not practicing as much as we would like to. Um, but I think with some of the new guys coming in, you mentioned uh, Greg Newsom earlier, I just think that we've added some guys that have some, some talent, some cover skills. 
and it gives me confidence just when I can go back, you know, in certain situations and be aggressive. You know, maybe calling more pressure, putting them on the island, letting the, you know, the front get after the quarterback. So uh, I like the talent, uh, but they have to run to do it, you know, on Sundays. And uh, Mac Robinson, when you listen to Joe Woods talk, he won't come out and say it, but his style last season, the style of defense that he was forced to play, was dictated by the fact that they didn't quite have the pieces they wanted on the defensive side of the ball, and they were hurt early. Yeah, and you're completely spot on with that because, again, you saw by the end of the season, you know, it was a lot of zone coverage. It wasn't necessarily a ton of blitzing. And, you know, especially, too, I know it made Browns fans, you know, absolutely – it drove them nuts uh, in that postseason game where, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, he's nickel and diming you, getting those first downs. But, again, at that point, that was them kind of giving up you know, some of those plays in space just because they weren't allowing them to score at that point, they were taking off a lot of time. So, you know, Joe Woods is kind of playing with what he had at that point. Whereas this year, you know, again, and I would say this, all the credit in the world to Andrew Barry, because I did not expect them to be able to, you know, bring in this many defensive pieces in one off season and completely remake your defense to the point where last year, you know, again, it, it wasn't great, but again, it, it wasn't terrible. But coming into this year now, all of a sudden, I, I think that you're looking at a potentially top 10 defense uh, at this point now, looking at it. And uh, again, and that's barring injury, you know, knock on wood. But again, you know, I, I'm hoping that when it comes to this defense, you know, now he mentioned it. You can get aggressive. You can add blitzing. And now you have Troy Hill that can, you know, blitz from the slot. You have different slot, uh, different safeties, excuse me, that you can go ahead and utilize. You know, you have Ronnie Harrison still. Uh, you brought in John Johnson. Hopefully Grant Delpit's going to be healthy enough to be able to play, and we're going to be able to get to see him soon. You know, again, you have Greg Newsom who can play outside or inside. So many different pieces that you can utilize, and I haven't even mentioned Jeremiah Usukoromoa at this point. So, you know, so many different pieces that he can go ahead and utilize on that defense. You know, Jadavian Clowney mentioned it last time. I, mean, I think that they got a pretty good handle on it. So I think that, you know, coming into this year, I think that they're going to be, you know, pretty good and pretty stacked defensively when it comes to versatility, when it comes to their scheme. So um, along those lines, 33rdteam.com. So it's former personnel and GM people that um, are involved with this website. NFL's most improved linebacking core. Browns number one, Cardinals honorable mention. You know, I, I would agree with this. Um, I, I will say that the the recent injuries kind of put a damper on it just a little bit. But, you know, at the same time, again, you know, I mentioned Jeremiah Usukoromoa. You know, you bring him in, very talented rookie. But on top of that, too, you know, Anthony Walker comes in day one. He's only 25 years old, but he has that veteran presence. And he was somebody that, again, Darius Leonard, you know, all-pro linebacker for the Colts, mentioned and went out of his way to talk about – you know, him leaving and basically him helping mentor him uh, in the league and basically that he wouldn't be where he's at without him. So, you know, again, I, I look at that and I, I look at the way that this team has been built, especially with the linebacking unit. You know, I, I'm thrilled because, you know, for last year, it really felt like you were missing that top tier linebacker. You had a bunch of guys who could you know play a role and you know, at that point, especially with the way that the NFL has gone, you know, I think that that's fair. I think that that's fine. But you know, again, at this point now, you know, seeing what they've been able to do and adding the players that they have been, I, it's a phenomenal transformation at this point. Uh, same website. So, again, uh, GMs and uh, personnel, former personnel guys from the NFL, most improved secondary in the NFL. Broncos, number one. Browns, honorable mention. So, number one in the linebacker <laughs> and basically number two in the secondary. You know, in the secondary, I kind of agree with this, although I might give the slight edge of the Browns, but at the same time, again, with the Broncos getting Patrick Sertan retaining, you know, Justin Simmons back there as well, you know, they got a great unit out there. But again, credit to the Browns for being in this conversation as well. Again, John Johnson, you bring him in, Grant Delpit coming off injury, so that's going to be a natural improvement. And then on top of that, you keep Ronnie Harrison, you bring in Greg Newsom. You have Grady Williams coming back off injury. You know, you basically have a completely remade secondary. And I haven't even mentioned Richard LeCount as well, who's been phenomenal here throughout the preseason as well. 
So, you know, again, I, I look at these guys. They've been able to bring in talented players that have bought in, you know, are accountable. They, they've been tough at this point and, you know, very, very talented. So, again, you know, credit to the Browns for being in this conversation, at least, too. An honorable mention right behind the Broncos at that point. So, you know, again, I, I look at this and, you know, it, it's a compliment to Andrew Barry and the job that he's done this offseason. We're gonna get, we're gonna go with the defensive line, same uh, same group. Jets number one, Browns honorable mention. So at all three levels, uh, they have them as first or second most improved. Yeah, and, and again, you know, even with the Jets losing Carl Lawson for what looks like to be the season, you know, again, that's still a massive improvement for that defensive line. What they were able to bring in and do this off season, you know. But again, I, I look at that team. And I, I look at where the Browns are at. You know, again, I mentioned Andrew Billings last segment. You know, Andrew Billings is going to be a huge run stopper. I thought that the Browns were severely missing him last year. So, again, you bring him in. You bring in Malik Jackson, another veteran presence. You know, again, for a team that's bringing in nine, possibly nine new starters on the defense, it, it's not shocking to see them most improved in every single category on defense. But, again, it's more of a credit to Andrew Barry for what he's been able to do. Because again, at this point, he's now been able to improve all three levels of the defense throughout this offseason, adding in depth and adding in quality starters. So again, I have to give uh I have to give credit to Andrew Barry at this point, you know, for what he's been able to do. And again, I haven't even I didn't mention Jadavian Clowney in there too. So between giving Miles Garrett, you know, a legitimate running mate, adding some depth on the interior defensive line. And again, on the back end, you have, you know, plenty of additions. Phenomenal job by Andrew Barry across the board. All right. Before we go to break, real quick, Joe Woods on what he wants to see from the Browns defense this season. Fast, hopefully fast and aggressive. You know what I mean? We want to be a fast, aggressive team. We want to be able to take away the ball. And we really want to dictate the way the game's played, you know. So I want to be aggressive with our game planning, aggressive in terms of getting after the quarterback with blitz packages and not really worry about what they're doing. Make them worry about what we're doing. That's that's the hope. And, Mac, that's kind of the underlying thing behind all of the versatility they have. Um, guys like Clowney being able to play multiple positions, John Johnson can play multiple positions, Owusu Koromoa can. That allows you to dictate to the offense that you, they better worry about what you're doing defensively. Right. And at that point, too, that also just adds that that little that little thought in the back of their head that I have to worry about J.O.K. I have to worry about Anthony Walker, all these guys that can come from different positions at that point. So now I have to worry about where these guys are at on the field at all times. And that just adds another little thing that the defense has to worry about. That's just another little step that you could get a mental advantage even uh, over the opponents at that point. So now it just adds that extra little bit for you and your team at that point. So again, I, I think that he's spot on when it comes to being aggressive. Uh, I, I love to hear that from him and, and for that group, because I do think that this, that the additions on this defense will allow them to take that next step. It will allow them to, you know, create pressure. And on top of that too, they have the playmakers in the back end to be able to utilize you know, that pressure and be able to take advantage of that at that point. Mac Robinson from 92.3 The Fan and I going to step aside, take a quick time out. On the other side of the break, we'll hear more from Joe Woods. Is he concerned that uh, the defense, all these new guys, haven't really had a whole ton of practice time in training camp in the preseason because they've been banged up for one reason or another? Straight ahead on Sports for CLE. Stay with us. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students, kindergarten through 12th grade, can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education, where stars shine. We continue talking Browns football with Mac Robinson from 92.3 The Fan. So Joe Woods uh, talked about, is he concerned because the Browns' defense has been banged up? They haven't had all those new guys on the field for a, for a ton of team reps so far this preseason. 
It's not a concern. It's, I think it's the nature of the NFL. You know, guys go through injuries. Um, I would love to have all 11 out there, but the thing that's helped us is some of the young guys we wanted to evaluate, they got a lot of reps, whether it's in practice, whether it's a joint practice in the games. So that's really helped us develop our depth. Uh, so hopefully we get them out there soon, but uh, I know they're, we're talented enough to, to play good defense. You're looking for that silver lining, right? Getting some guys out there that wouldn't necessarily be out there? Yeah, yeah. And uh, you really want to see what guys work well together. You know, whether it's the D-line or the secondary in terms of communication, how well they execute their techniques, what are their reactions in certain situations. That's where the experience and taking all those reps really help us in determining who the, the best players are. And, Mac, again, if he wasn't using injuries as an excuse a year ago, he's certainly not going to use it in training camp. Um, it does help you evaluate the guys. You would love to have some time where everybody learns communication and what each each guy likes because everybody does things a little differently out on the field. Yeah, and, and you're absolutely right there. But I, I do think that, you know, Joe Woods, I think he's right when it comes to, you know, the veterans that they've brought in, the players that they've brought in, they're talented. But at the same time, I, I look at the preseason as an evaluation tool more than anything because, again, I think that you're learning more about the back end of this roster more than anything at this point, because now, you know, again, you've seen plenty of reps out of Richard LeCount and he's looked like he's been a star this preseason. You know, I look at other guys that are fighting for those last roster spots. You know, Elijah Lee is somebody who's been getting plenty of snaps to a linebacker uh, due to the injuries. And, you know, he's somebody who he's been a solid special teamer for you. And, you know, in the past, you know, the Browns, they lost uh, to Veer Thomas uh, to free agency. Uh, I believe he went to Houston, if I remember right. But, you know, again, you're getting some of these younger guys who, you know, could be guys who could play on special teams. But also talked um, about the way Donovan Peoples-Jones has been performing um, in this training camp and preseason. He came back um, this year with a lot of confidence. I think last year early on, it, you know, it wasn't there. He was still trying to learn the system and learn you know, what, he, what his role was. Um, but after the success he had through last season, to see him come back and have a great camp. I mean, he's a guy that you can has great position flexibility. You can plug him in at all three spots in, in, of the wide receivers, and he knows exactly what to do. So he's had a really good camp and really proud of him. How, how important is that jump for a guy from year one to year two? It's huge, and usually you see that from year one to year two. Year one, the eyes are big. Um, they're rookies trying to figure out what the NFL game's like, and then they have some success, and they, they build on that. And that's, that's what they've shown with Donovan. And, uh, Mac, by all accounts, Donovan Peoples-Jones has been outstanding. And um, he's a guy that, you know, long-term now is solidly in the middle of that receiving core. Yeah, and especially, too, because coming out of college, coming out of Michigan, you know, the big thought process behind uh, DPJ was the fact that, you know, he wasn't necessarily utilized correctly by, you know, Jim Harbaugh and company there in, uh, there in Ann Arbor with uh, U of M. So, again, I, I look at Diamond Peoples-Jones. He had that natural ability. Uh, and now being able to see what he's been able to do so far this season and this preseason, I should say, you know, again, it's a huge step and a huge, you know, compliment to him for the work that he's done this offseason to see what he's been able to do. Because, again, I, I look at DPJ, and I think that he's somebody who can, you know, be that field stretcher for you if you need, but he's that big body on the outside. that if you need to throw a 50-50 ball, I think he can be that guy for you. But, again, that's just what he was coming out. Now you're starting to see him working with, you know, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, working on the route running, working on the little things. And that's just going to take his game to that next level. And he's going to constantly evolve as a player because of being around those guys and because of being in this offense. Yeah, and, you know, the talent has been there. Again, you alluded to it. Uh, a lot of people didn't think he was used correctly at uh, Michigan and, and didn't allow him to kind of shine the way he could. Um, Jadavian Clowney talked about uh, the culture that he has seen uh, from the Browns and just um, how, how solid the organization is. Um, didn't really want to compare it to anything, but said it's a pretty good organization. I don't know what it was here. All I know, I can see the improvement with the wins and losses. Being in the building, do you? you see a good culture, a strong culture? Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's what I told them. It's a good place. Uh, they got it They got it going on here. I told some a lot of rookies in second year, y'all got. Y'all should be happy that y'all got drafted here. It's been worse some other places I've been, so uh, they should be happy. And, when, you, um, when you say that, like, what are some things you point to? Uh, just the schedule itself, which in general, it's a, it's a team-friendly schedule. 
think it's not bad. It's not overdoing. It's not keeping us too long. Not pushing us over. And uh, you know, getting our proper rest in too. So it's been pretty good during training camp. And Mac, that's kind of goes back to the whole philosophy with Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski. Kind of do the work, but don't. You know, again, nothing is won or lost in August out in Berea. So, so don't beat up the guys. Have them ready to go in the regular season. Right. And, and that was the biggest thing, too, that I remember back from 2019 was just that, you know, and again, no shot towards Freddie Kitchens. But again, you know, seeing it be night and day where, you know, the guys were constantly out there in pads. You know, you saw the guys pretty much getting run down. And by the time that they got to the regular season, you know, they were really kind of going through it at that point. So now, you know, again, I, I look at this team and again, consider me shocked at this point that we're actually that we're listening to players like JV and Clowney talk about how great the culture is here in Cleveland. I, I love Kevin Stefanski. I love this team. But again, it still feels a little weird to me at this point. But, you know, again, I, I love seeing this from this team. And Kevin Stefanski, he set the tone for his players in general. And, you know, I'm really excited to see where this team goes. Mac Robinson from 92.3 The Fan. Uh, appreciate the time and insight uh, as always. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mac. Thanks for having me on, Dave. Always appreciate the time. All right, Mac Robinson from 92.3 The Fan. We're step aside. Take a quick time out. On the other side of the break, we shift our focus uh, high school football. Ryan Cavanaugh, uh, my broadcast partner for Spectrum News One, will talk about a couple of upcoming games in the area. St. Ignatius Mentor this weekend. Ryan Cavanaugh and I will uh, preview some games and some outstanding performances straight ahead on Sports for CLE. Stay with us. Welcome back. Back to new friends, new classroom, and learning new things. Back to wearing shoes, man, like real shoes. Back to rushing to class. Back to having questions. Lots of questions. Back to vending machine dinners. Back to too much caffeine. Too late at night but feeling like it was a night well spent. Back to pursuing your dreams and taking control of your future. Come back to go forward. Try C, where futures begin. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students, kindergarten through 12th grade, can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education, where stars shine. Welcome back to Sports for CLE. We shift our focus to uh, high school football, and let's welcome in Ryan Cavanaugh, my longtime broadcast partner this year. We are on Spectrum News One. Ryan, uh, some interesting games this weekend. Um, let's start with St. Ignatius and Menor, uh, perennial powerhouses. Wildcats coming off a tough one, uh, a pick six under three minutes to go, and uh, that's how they lost to Springfield down uh, Dayton Way. Yeah, and to back that up just a little bit more, they were up 10. So Springfield had just scored. They kicked off, and then that's when Ignatius threw the pick six. So it was a 14-point swing in under a minute. They drove down to the 20. They weren't able to convert, just ran out of uh, – they didn't run out of time, but they uh, lost on fourth down. So, But let's look at the positives, Dave. They got a workhorse right there, Marty Lenahan, 20 carries, 84 yards, two touchdowns. Their front seven played very well, led by defensive ends Will Robinson and Peter Shalhoub. And they, defensively, they held Springfield to only 45 yards rushing. They also had the ball for twice as long as Springfield, 39 
Uh, minutes was the time of possession for Ignatius, but they've got to answer some questions in the passing game, and they've got to have all three phases tight going into Menor because Menor dismantled uh, Kent McKinley down at the Hall of Fame Stadium, 49-7. to Now, McKinley is, in all fairness, a program in turmoil. They're dealing with some off-season issues. Antonio Hall is getting them going in the right direction, but it's a tough ask to go up against Menor in week one. All Menor did was score in their first four possessions. Junior Jacob Snow making his second career start, completed his first eight passes, three of those for TDs. And of course, you've got Brennan Vernon, Benny Laduca on the defensive line with linebacker Aiden Fellows. So here's the matchup this week, Dave. These traditionally strong, multiple wide receivers from Menor. This year, they've got Michael Norwood and, and uh, Evan Harper. They both had two touchdown catches last week. How are they going to do? How do they match up against the defensive backs of St. Ignatius? We know that the front seven for Ignatius, they can hold the run. They did it against Springfield. But can they stop Jacob Snow and the receivers going out there? And I think that's where the game's going to be decided. Yeah, and again, you mentioned Jacob Snow played really well. Uh, you know, he came in in that state semifinal game against Pickerington Central and um, was impressed with his toughness, picked right up and, and – it looks like the Cardinals have another good one playing quarterback. Well, 516 yards of total <laughs> offense. That's pretty good for a quarterback. It sounds like a typical mentor team. And I couldn't agree with you more, Dave. We had a chance to call that game against Kick Central, and his toughness stood out. And it also, when he came out of the second-half locker room, he was like, okay, I've done this 100 times. I don't care what the stage is. I'm going to come out and ball. And that's exactly what he did. So... Uh, everybody who plays Menor this year, they're going to face an unnecessarily early mature player in Jacob Snow. Yeah, and, and you know, another intriguing game in the area, Avon and Medina, and um, this could sound like a basketball score by the time this one uh, gets done with, with the way the football is going to be flying all over the place. Yeah, you know, we talked about Avon last week, Dave. Uh, one returning starter on offense, and then you realize it's Mike Elder, <laughs> and he's got this massive program that starts in the third grade. He's got these studs that haven't even seen the varsity field. You plug and play, and what happens? It was a 38-0. to zero. Again, a dismantling of a very good Division One Brunswick team. Quarterback Sam DeCillo, uh, very accurate. 9 of 13, 97 yards and two touchdowns. Defensively, Dave, that's where we expected them to shine. They've got a bunch of people back. So what do they do? They get a shutout against Brunswick. They hold them to 183 total yards of offense. And I love what Coach Mike Elder's doing earlier in the year. Look at this for your non-league. Uh, Brunswick, then you go to Medina, then you play Glenville. What a way to start a season. Of those three, I think the biggest test is going to be tomorrow night uh, against Medina. Medina went on the road. Um, they knocked off Warren Harding. They made the halftime adjustments. Larry Laird, their head coach, uh, they came out. They've gotten picked up a couple turnovers defensively. And Drew Aller did what Drew Aller does, 160 yards through the air, two touchdown passes to Drew Henley, Hensley and Michael Rodak. And, you know, I talked about Aller last week, Dave, and his ability to create his athleticism that was hindered last year because of some injuries. Well, that is not affecting him anymore. And I think there's no better source to talk about what Drew Aller brings to the table than opposing team's coach. And this is what Warren Harding coach Steve Arnold had to say. We saw it on film. He's as big as Josh Allen and creative like Patrick Mahomes. Now, those are lofty comparisons, but you and I have seen it in person, Dave. I get it. I get it. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a, that's a guy that's 6'4", and he looks a whole lot bigger. And he can run and throw. He'll run to one hash mark and throw 40 yards downfield to the opposite hash mark on target. That's a uh, that's a special kind of quarterback for the Medina Bees. All right, let's uh, let's go on to the game that we're going to call Twinsburg at Willoughby South. Both teams one and zero. Twinsburg goes to overtime, finds a way to, to beat Copley. Yeah, I had a chance to talk to Coach Mike Bell this week and. You know, they only returned three starters on offense, three on defense. They have as many sophomores starting on offense as they do seniors. So, you know, how do you get around that? And he said that this is one of the best, the teams with the best team leadership 
he's ever coached. And Mike Bell has been coaching for a long time. I'm not trying to age him, <laughs> but he's been a lot of places and he's been very successful. So with the, that's very high praise for his team. Also, with those sophomores and juniors and underclassmen and replacing eight on both sides of the ball, what better way to find out what your young kids are made of than go into overtime? Now, um, you know, Coach Bell wasn't necessarily pleased that they went into overtime. He felt like they could have taken care of business a little earlier, but it only took uh, two plays, two rushes. They get in the end zone. They stop them on defense. It's a big win for Twinsburg. Um, they're going on the road, and they're going to rely on Trevor Horvath, their quarterback. They also have a tremendous amount of depth at, at uh, wide receiver, uh, defensive back. So you're going to see a lot. Same with Willoughby South, Dave. This is so two evenly matched teams. Um, Willoughby South, of course, Kareem Hunt, the most famous alumni from Willoughby South. But ever since he's been gone, it appears as if Matt Duffy is able to just produce running backs year in and year out. Uh, they've got Ira Sampson, who we talked about in the, the season preview, as one of the top running backs in the area. He's got a lot of Mac offers. Um, and Sampson's actually going to start at wide receiver tomorrow because of Tyrone Singleton, only a junior. Singleton actually had more carries last year as a sophomore than Sampson did. And that's a creative way for Coach Duffy to get both of those guys on the field. Um, they've got a dangerous quarterback as well. So uh, what I'm looking forward to in this matchup is how evenly matched they are. Can Twinsburg slow down the rushing attack of Willoughby South? And likewise, can Willoughby South contain the quarterback Horvath and everything that Twinsburg's going to bring to the table? Ryan, Kevin, and uh, Kevin on. I going to step aside, take a quick time out. Uh, on the other side of the break, uh, we'll take a look at some outstanding performances uh, from week one. Sports for CLE. We'll be right back. We'll talk some more high school football. Stay with us. continue talking high school football here on sports for CLE so Ryan uh, we did the Cleveland Heights Hoover game uh, last week and uh, the quarterback just a junior Darion Fair he was he put on a show he sure did you know the stats are phenomenal 177 yards rushing five touchdowns and he made sure when he scored five <laughs> that everybody in the stands knew about it and, and he should have been proud you know if as a junior, the maturation was incredible, Dave. We ended the season last year covering them in a playoff box. So during the week that over the summer and in, in, in camp, he didn't recognize number two. He didn't recognize him as the same quarterback that was in his huddle last year. Um, and a lot of times, Dave, there's this thing you call coach speak. Uh, first game of the season, we didn't get a chance to see Darian Fair in film. And he, you could see the talent last year. Well, we thought the talent and really some incredible skill uh, last Friday night from Darian Fair, and he is flat out a problem for any defense they're going to face this year. Yeah, without question. That's a dual-threat guy, and if you're facing Cleveland Heights, you better figure out a way to stop number two because he is tough. All right, Jalen Minter uh, from Villa Angeles, St. Joe's. Uh, another quarterback, Vikings, uh, a big win in Jeff Rotsky's debut as head coach over at VASJ. So there's a lot of questions. What is Coach Rotsky going to put out on the field? Who's going to be on the field? How is the offense going to do? And CVCA was their week one matchup. Well, listen, Jalen Minter answered so many of those questions and posed a lot of questions for future opposing teams, just like I mentioned with Cleveland Heights. 16-21, uh, 274 yards passing, three touchdowns, and just a yard shy of 100 rushing on the ground with another touchdown there. Uh, most of that, that uh, work was done in the first half. 
they're going to travel to Holy Name, the one and zero undefeated Holy Name. But um, man, Jalen Minter and VASJ looks to be a problem for Division Four this year. Uh, another quarterback um, for Benedictine, uh, CJ Yarborough, and uh, a big win for the Bengals. Had to go to overtime to get it done against Walsh Jesuit, but a big win to open the season for the Bengals. You know, what we said in week one, there's questions. I just mentioned it with Avon's team and what they were going to do offensively. And, and there, there are often a lot of questions. And C.J. Yarbrough had some game time last year when Ronnie Schultz got hurt. That they're playing a Walsh team that's very, very good. They had an all-new offensive line. And C.J. Yarbrough looked like a fifth-year starter at Benedictine. 320 yards passing, four touchdowns through the air, one rushing touchdown. He got it to his speed guys like Marvin Conkle and Brandon Boyd. And he stepped up when the chips were down in double overtime, a huge pass on a fade route up the sidelines to Brandon Boyd. Um, that was the game of the week in Northeast Ohio. Benedicted and Walsh, I, you know, Dave, I know we're doing games every Friday, but if they play on next Friday, I might sit it out, buy a ticket, and go see these two teams because it is an instant classic every time they line up with each other. Well, another one that you want a ticket for, um, the performance T.C. Caffey from Hubbard put on uh, Friday night. Yeah, I feel like this, these are numbers that are like week five and the body of work through five weeks, but it wasn't. It was just one game for T.C. Cathy. Uh, 463, 463 yards rushing and five touchdowns in a 48-28 to 28 win. You know, Dave, I mentioned Coach Matt Duffy and Kareem Hunt, and he jokingly said this week on the phone, uh, man, I was a really good coach back then when I had Kareem Hunt. And that's how you have to feel with a guy like T.C. Caffey. If it's third and two or third and 22, give it to T.C. Because 463 yards rushing, it tires me out just to think about running that far. And there is some separation, as you can see on the screen there, Dave. There's some speed coming out of Hubbard with T.C. Caffey. Yeah, another guy um, a little closer to us, Aiden Lau from Hudson. Um, was another guy had a, an impressive performance uh, in week one against a, a pretty good program in Solon, uh, and, and Hudson got it done against the Comets. Yeah, Coach Jeff Goff, you know, I always find it interesting when coaches, and they're like, well, we're going to be balanced. We're going to be 50-50 until you give the ball to Aiden Lau and you realize that he's going to give you whatever yardage you need. So he carried it 24 times. Just shy of 300 yards, 295. You know, I kind of wish he had 25 yard carries just so he could get to that 300 benchmark. But 295 on the ground, five touchdowns against a defensive-minded Solon team. You know, that's a 49-35 win. Um, so Aiden Lau, the Air Force commit, showing up, and uh, they're going on the road against a very hungry Euclid team who's looking for their first win. And I expect Coach Goff to continue to feed the ball to Aiden Lau. And you see the speed and the ability to break away uh, by Aiden Lau. It's a guy um, played a little bit as a sophomore, kind of got banged up midway through the season um, a couple years ago. So uh, good for him to get off to that start. Uh, let's take a, a, a look and talk a little bit about a guy from Aurora, Jack Cardamon. Um, three TDs, but um, all over the place. I mean, it, Bob Mahalik's got to be like, okay, I, keep going. Keep going, Jack. Yeah. And when does he take a break? You know, that's what I want to know. You remember it's like one if by sea, two if by land, three if by air. That's, that's Jack Carterman. He had a touchdown on offense receiving. He returned a 79-yard kickoff to the house for another touchdown, and then he had a pick six. Let's sprinkle in. 40 yards rushing, 55 yards receiving. I heard he bought the team meal afterwards, and he did the team jerseys, the laundry. What a guy, what a player, Jack Cardamon. I hope I hope he's still resting after that game, getting ready for tomorrow night, because they got a big one coming up against St. Vincent St. Mary. But again, a, a great start for Aurora. Big things expected uh, from the Aurora Greenmen this year, and they usually are expected uh, out in Aurora. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, this is a stacked. I think that Division uh, Three, Region Nine is stacked. And Bob Mahalik, one of the best coach. You know, we talked about Mike Elder, Larry Laird. You know, Coach Duffy, Coach Bell, some of the top coaches in the area. Of course, Bob Mahalik. He finds a way year in year out to get his teams into the playoffs. 
and make a deep run. And it looks like this is the type of team that's primed to do that. What a coach. Ryan Cavanaugh, as always, appreciate the time and the insight. Uh, we will be out at Willoughby South for uh, Willoughby South and Twinsburg. Uh, look forward, it, forward to it tomorrow. Uh, we will see you uh, about 24 hours, Ryan. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Dave. All right. Ryan Cavanaugh, Spectrum News 1, uh, my broadcast partner. We will be out at uh, Willoughby South for Willoughby South and Twinsburg. You can catch that on Spectrum News 1. That'll do it. For this edition of Sports for CLE, we will see you again tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Scheduled guest, Doug LaMaurice, columnist for Cleveland.com and The Plain Dealer. And Stephen Means, Buckeyes beat reporter, will be along to talk some Ohio State football. Again, that's tomorrow at 4 o'clock. We will see you then. Have a great night, everybody. See you tomorrow at 4.